sometimes through life, I, I, of course, I meet different people. And here in Acts chapter 2, it says here, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these that speak Galileans? And how do we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? And of course, then that's all the different people from the different places that they were at. Um, and we do hear them, I went down to verse 11, speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what does this mean or what means this? Others mocking said, these um, men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea, and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is just the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by prophet Joel, and, uh, or Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, God um, will pour out, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? Amen. So starting off with that, I, you know, I run into people, of course, like I tell people all the time, um, Acts chapter 2, um, I don't know why they use the Gentile word Pentecost here. I don't know. Maybe just because it's the book of Acts and when they wrote it, the Gentiles, you know, have come in. Um, they didn't even think that the Gentiles were going to come in. They thought it was just going to be Israel or the Hebrews by themselves. But God predetermined that the whole world would be saved. Okay. Um, just like God may use you to save your whole family. Remember, Eve is the mother of all living. So God came to one of his children, Abraham, and said, through you, all the nations of the earth or of this world at that time will be blessed. So it's his will that he came and spoke to John, or maybe he came and spoke to Zoe, or he came and spoke to Corinthia, or one of us in this room, and we begin to proclaim God to the whole world, or to our whole family, or to our community, okay? Uh, so when we look here, and I was talking to this gentleman, and it's, it's, 
it bothered my heart because I like this young man. And the only reason why he comes to my store, something is going on in his life and he needs somebody to um, encourage him. All right. So, of course, he um, one of the things that he struggles with is the doctrine that has been written on his heart. Sometimes we get around people and um, the doctrine that goes forth is almost like a it's, it's, it's doctrines of men. And it causes you and I not to be able to move. You know, it's almost like uh, Jesus talks about it, how um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, bind men with their traditions. So this young man, he, he's struggling. I said, have you, I said, have you been going to church? And he said, Mark, I haven't been going. He's like, I, I, I'm, I backslid and I laughed. And I said, I said, well, I said, Nothing could separate us from God. Those are scripts. Like Sister Sheila said, you got to have something in your heart for tough times. Okay? Good times and tough times, you got to have something in your heart. Like I told him, I said, yo, man, I said, you can't, you can't run from God. Jonah couldn't run. You can't run. I said, God is with you. Sometimes God is, at times when you feel yourself backing away, it's a lot of thought going on because if you're truly saved, there's... You, the, it's hard to be in the world and then, and then have the Holy Spirit. It's really hard. So he told me, he said, I met a woman, but the church tells me that it's not right because she's not Pentecostal. And I said, well, what is she? He's like, well, she's a believer. She goes to a different church. And I really like this young lady, but he's like, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> so I started, of course, I started to laugh. And I said, so these Pentecostal people... Uh, where Pentecost is not even a doctrine in uh, Scripture, uh, it shouldn't even be a church. It shouldn't even it shouldn't even come out of people's mouths. I said the Gentiles called it Pentecost, which means that somebody that doesn't even understand basketball or football is trying to tell you about the game when it's an American game played by us. It's almost like FUBU for us, by us, because 75 to 80% of the league is black. But this person over in China <laughs> is trying to tell you about football, but they call it a different word. But we know it as football, hard knocks, okay? 30 for 30, baby, this is real. Don't come across the middle. We understand all of that. And right here, like I explained to people, the Gentiles fully, I don't think, understood it. But they called it Penta because it was 50 days after Passover. So now we got a bunch of people running around with this church, and they call themselves Pentecostal. And, um, and their doctrines are whacked. Because when you begin to study the Word of God, which really the scriptures are Genesis to Malachi. We know that because everybody that writes in the book tells us what the scriptures are. But the letters that Paul wrote, okay, and the eyewitness accounts that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John give us are very, very important. And we call that scripture too, all right? Number one, they're quoting scripture. Most of the, most of the chapters they write between Matthew starts off one through six or maybe one through seven, Luke. Uh, the first six to seven to eight chapters are all scripture. Because of Luke 24, he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures of Moses, the prophets, and the writings. So that's what they're doing. They're trying to prove to you and I as if they're in a court of law 
of what is going on, of who Jesus is, according to Scripture. Okay, and then, of course, let everything be established by two or three witnesses. Then they flip on to you and each one of them begin to tell you what happened in their own what you saw. Okay, you may sit here and break the scriptures down. Now you begin to tell me what you saw with your own eyes. Okay, that's what begins to happen after that. So when you begin to read the Gospels, you're going to see Matthew come off with the begats. No similar to what is that? Second Chronicles, I believe it is that we went through in Bible study. Where they begin, the begats begin there. So and so begat. Okay? Matter of fact, we can go back to Genesis because it starts to talk to us. It breaks the begats down to Noah. Okay? Following that scarlet thread through the scriptures because of Genesis chapter 3. The woman's seed and the serpent's seed are going to have beef. And we see it played out where they took Jesus and the Gentiles took him and hung him on a cross or a tree. All right. So I try to tell people all the time, I said, man, your, your doctrine is whack. If this woman is a believer, it says here in the scriptures that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So here's a woman that is a believer. But because of the doctrines of men. OK, of course, you know, I had to get on some people about Christmas and all that. All right. Which I, I don't know why I got to say anything about Christmas. Okay, especially to quote unquote believers, but these doctrines of men have been around for so long, it, they can't break it. They can't break it. They can't stop it. There's no way they can stop it. It's a, it's a runaway train destined to go out of nowhere. It's just roaring down the tracks. There's a scripture that is so scary because it said it, she made all the world drink the wine of her fornication. And the biggest things that Moses talks about in the beginning of Deuteronomy, where he begins to, listen, 40, almost 40 years later, he begins to talk to the children of Israel about faith, okay, and idols. And today we can see idols still in people's homes where they take them. And Corinthia really challenged all of us um, that are quote unquote believers because what do we have this thing up in our house for? But it's been something that has been preached to us since we are little kids. And it's a lot of happiness. It's a lot of beautiful lights and things like that. It's, and it's, it's always been a good family time. And it's hard to break that. Do you hear me? Mm -hmm. you, it says come out from among them and be separate. You don't know what you're doing. So anyway, I talked to this young man. and I said, man, what about the scriptures? But anyway, of course, just like any good Pentecostal person, the speaking of tongues is the only evidence there is of the Holy Spirit. That's it. That's all they got. They can't, they can't move past that. So, of course, I sat there and told him, I said, brother, the Holy Spirit's been around since Genesis chapter 1. You're just talking about a gift. But it's hard nowadays because this has been preached so long. It's been indoctrinated in believers for so long that if you begin to speak this thing, folks will begin to get upset. You hear me? So, Joel chapter 2, verse 28, Peter begins to talk to these men in verse 14 of Acts chapter 2. 
about what is going on here. All right. Now, this is not scripture, even though we know it's scripture. But Peter is not saying what he is saying is scripture, but he's going to get to a point in here where he's going to begin to quote scripture. But it says here, but Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose because it's just the third hour. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now here comes scripture. Now here comes the scripture. And I keep saying that over and over again because here comes the scripture describing what it's going to be like when the Spirit of God comes on the earth. This is what's going to happen. And this is what is happening. And don't get tongues confused by what is happening. Because Peter is explaining to you what is going on. And that I'm going to do my best, just as if I'm in a court of law like I usually do, try to do my best to explain to you what's happening. Do my best. But we prophesy in part. But when Christ comes, everything will be fully understood because he'll explain it. Amen. So Peter tells you and I, to our face, he says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God. He says, God said this. We know he's speaking through Joel, but he, Peter is saying, God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Prophesying is the evidence of the Spirit of God according to Scripture. Do you hear that? Then also he said, your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall what? See visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. On my servants, on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire, vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord shall come. Okay. Verse 21, because this is still Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He quotes a scripture explaining what is going on here in Acts chapter 2. Now, when you go back over here, like the scriptures I just read, okay, I'm going to keep this real short this morning and I'm going to keep on moving, okay? It says here, they were all filled, verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues and the number for that tongues is 1100. These are not spiritual tongues. But tongues, just like you and I, we speak the English language. We have some of our friends that speak English and Spanish. Mm -hmm. There's some people around here. There's still Germans that live around here, and some of them speak English and German. Okay, we got some Indian brothers and sisters out here. They speak English and Indian. Okay, there's different languages being spoken. This is a language right here that can be interpreted because it says right here, uh, it says right here, uh, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What is the Spirit saying? This is where people get confused. Because you want to know right now, what is the Spirit of God is saying? Well, Joel tells us 
that when the Spirit of God comes on any human being, one of the things that human being is going to do, whether it's male or female, is prophesy. Prophesy. Pro- Listen, we're going to get later on. We're, going to, we're just going to continue, just like it's a court of law. We're going to get, just lay it on out. Just what it is. You make your own choice what it is. You can't just go by what I say. You can't go by what anybody else says on the planet. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All right? So if you want to know what they're saying, they are prophesying because that's what Joel said they're going to do. Every person that begins to, let's, let's go on and read it a little bit more. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem devout men out of every nation under heaven, which means all over the world. All over the world. Devout men out of every nation. Now, Israel used to recognize 70 nations on the earth at that time, even though other people may say, hey, I'm a nation too. Now we're at like 300 and something nations. But at the time, 70, remember uh, there was 12? Mm-hmm. 70 people went into Egypt? They say representing the 70 nations on the planet. Okay, that's why 70 is what the year of what? Jubilee. Jubilee. It's a done deal. Freedom for everybody, every nation under the sun. So when the angels come, they say, hey, now there's peace on earth and goodwill towards men. So there's men out of, listen, all over the place from Japan, Germany, Australia, okay, Brazil, all the way down to South America, Canada, New Zealand, all over the world are there. And they all do not speak Hebrew anymore. They speak other languages. Like when you go to New York on New Year's Eve and we all flew there, there's people coming from all over the world flying into to, to New York to celebrate the new year and the ball drops and there's people all down and they're partying and they're, and they're getting it in and it's a new year, 1999. Prince might still be there, I don't know. But you'll hear different languages. Different languages. So is this an angelic language? No, because the Bible proves that it says here, and they were, verse 7 says, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, behold, are not all these which speak Galileans, and how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born, okay? And it talks about here in verse 11, um, we do hear them speak in our tongues, the wonderful works of God, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what means this? They are listening to people speak in Chinese, okay, in Portuguese, in English, in Spanish, and all the different languages that are all over the world, the wonderful works of God. That means God did something. And all these men, there are 3,000 men out of all the men that have traveled to uh, Jerusalem at this time. Because remember, we studied last week about what? We talked about the feast, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Passover, unleavened bread, or the Gentiles here called Pentecost. 
But those of us, we have to have, we need to be in our right mind understanding it's the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Exodus chapter 19. And then we got the Feast of Tabernacle. Three times a year shall your men come before me. I tell people that all the time. I said, stop trying to make it a black thing, a white thing, an Hispanic thing. He came unto his own. He came unto his own. He came to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. From those 12, he made the nation of Israel. 70 of them went into Egypt. Almost a million or something came out. He put in his precepts, his commandments, his statutes, who he is, he poured into these people. So he came unto his own. Stop trying to whitewash it, blackwash it, redwash it, whatever we try to do as people. We try to fit in something. We were, that's not who we are. And maybe years later, we were stolen. If I believe that we were already here, but maybe we were stolen away and we lost our religion, our culture, our God. And many of us, by the way we act, we even lost our mind. We don't remember it no more. We were born in the sin and shaped in iniquity and we don't understand it. But the Bible is explaining it to us. So. We're sitting here today and um, it talk, it, it's explaining to us what prophesying, what is happening that these men are hearing the wonderful, beautiful works of God. No different than when the angels came to the men, the shepherds that were in the field and began to explain to them. No different than when the Holy Spirit came upon Joel and he started to talk about some beautiful and wonderful things. Amen. Amen. But this thing here, tongues. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I got to, I'm not going to, I'm going to try to do more work. I got to do more work, but this bothered my heart. You know that? You know how something bothers your heart, but I couldn't, nothing I could do to, um, I can't change anybody's mindset. I can't do that. But I'm telling you right now, that when the Spirit of God dropped uh, on the church, it did exactly what Joel prophesied. It wasn't about speaking in tongues. People will begin to prophesy. And I talked to you about uh, uh, Zacharias. Remember uh, Elizabeth? Mm -hmm. I know I talked to Sheila and Corinthia, got some of that. Mm -hmm. What it is to prophesy. You got to see it in Scripture. What is happening, how um, when Mary, after the angel had visited her, Gabriel and explained all these different things to her. You know, you got to call your boo-boo. You got to call your best friend. You got to call somebody. You got to call grandma. And Elizabeth lived some miles from Mary. So Mary, first thing she could do, she didn't have a cell phone, so she had to ride to Elizabeth's house. And it says that when she says, yo, Elizabeth, it says the little baby in her womb, John at that time, leap for joy. And before Mary could begin to tell, like, say, I come to your crib, and before you can begin to tell me all about it, I'm hollering from the back room everything that just took place in your house. And I wasn't even there. And you're sitting there looking at me like, did somebody tell you about this? Because I haven't told nobody. 
But Elizabeth began to proclaim to her that the mother of her Lord, that's what she said. She was full of the spirit of God. And she says, you are the mother of my God. That's what she's saying. How do I get the privilege to be? How, how did I, how did I, how did God smile on me and give me a wonderful opportunity to have my name written at this time? And, and Elizabeth's name is written here because she ended up giving birth to John the Baptist, who was the forerunner for Jesus. But she begins to prophesy. And then the father, Zacharias, his tongue is loosed and he begins to prophesy. And it's so hard to tell people about this, but th that's what happens when the spirit of God comes into your life. You start to become so full and start to become so used by the Holy Spirit. Joel says evidence of the spirit of God in your life. is His sons and daughters shall prophesy. They're prophesying to these men in their own language, which they were born. They are prophesying to them the wonderful and marvelous works of God. So we go to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The apostle Paul is an apostle that's kind of, he says, I'm, I'm not in the same season they are. Okay, you, you graduated in 85 and I graduated in 87. I didn't graduate the same year as you. That's what he's saying. All right. That's the way to put it to somebody. I did not graduate the year that you graduated, but I still graduated, okay, from the same class, that makes any sense. I got the same degree as you did because God hit him up on the Damascus Road. It says here in verse one, and I'm just going to end this. I'm not going to spend all day on this. I just want to start teaching more, getting, getting down to the nitty gritty and moving on. Now concerning spiritual, now the word gifts is in italics, so it's not in the original, okay, document or scroll. It says, now concerning spiritual, I know it says gifts there, it's there for our understanding, but that's not in the original. Now concerning spiritual, brethren, I don't want you ignorant. Ignorant, okay, is somebody that is not knowledgeable of a certain thing. You are ignorant of it. Okay, I've never I never heard that before. I'm ignorant of it. Okay, I'm just not knowledgeable of it. I don't. I want. I don't. I would not have you ignorant or not knowing. You know that we were what? Uh, you know that you were Gentiles or unbelievers. All right, carried away unto these dumb idols. The second commandment. Even as you were led, wherefore I give you. To understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul is saying. He's, he's, first things first. Remember how Biggie said that? Hi, Papa. Well, that's, what, that's what Paul is doing here. He says the first thing is that uh, no, uh, no man speaking by the Spirit of God can call Jesus accursed or that he ain't right or that this is some silly fable. And no man can say that Jesus is Lord. It takes the Holy Spirit to do that. The Spirit of God is inside of you. All right. 
and he is confirming inside of you who Jesus is. Jesus said, the time is coming when nobody shall be worried about worshiping in Jerusalem. All right? God is a spirit, and those that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. If you are sitting here today, and just like he turned around to Peter and, and the other disciples, he said, who do you say that I am? And they said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, flesh and blood has what? Not revealed this unto you. <clears throat> my father in heaven or the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was not given at that time when those words were spoken. He said, but if I go away, I'll send the Spirit to you. So now the Spirit has come and it's living inside of you and I. You and I confirm to people we are witnesses. Of, now we are witnesses. That's why it says that in, in uh, what is that, uh, Acts chapter 1. But behold, I give you power to be what witnesses. Now you witness to people I don't listen. All I know is what God has done for me in my life by his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit confirms to you and I that we are on the right path. It's somewhere in our heart. It can't be removed. I cannot deny what you're not going to deny your kids and you ain't going to deny your father and mother. And I'm not going to deny who Christ is in my life. Paul says, first thing, when the spirit of God comes, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, who Jesus is. Only God can reveal. That's out of Jesus' own mouth. My Father in heaven has revealed this to you. The next thing is verse 4. He says, now there are diversities of gifts. Now the word gifts is there. But what? The same spirit. And there are differences of administrations. But what? The same Lord. And there are diversities of operations but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all or with, to with every other man and woman. That's what the Holy Spirit is given for. We are all baptized into Moses. When the people came out, out of Egypt, they all walked through what? The same Red Sea? Was anybody going? Did anybody go around? <laughs> Nobody went around. They all walked. They all were baptized into Moses. They all came to the mountain, and they all heard God speak, and they saw it like the mountain was on fire, but it was not on fire. All right. Uh, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom; to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, uh, divers, which is in italics. It really says to another, kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. That means when the spirit of God comes in the church, you're going to see different manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But we're all the same body. And the reason why the spirit of God does that is that, you know, Paul is going to later on, and we'll talk about that in the upcoming weeks, is not every Man's responsibility on the job is to flip burgers. Somebody's got to do the lettuce and the tomatoes and the onions. 
Somebody's got to work the cash register. Somebody needs to be stocking. Somebody got to be on fries. Somebody got to be over here doing it. But we are all working as one by the same spirit. But it's the spirit didn't just give tongues. Okay? Spirit of God gave different types of gifts. But prophesying? Everybody will prophesy. Do you understand that? That is one of the evidences of the spirit of God coming in. Paul says that each and every one of us, the real true evidence is the same thing that Jesus asked the disciples. Who do you who do men say that I am? They say, well, you probably John the Baptist coming back again. Or maybe you're Elijah or Elias. But he said, but who do you say that I am? And they said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my father in heaven. And upon this rock, capital R-O-C-K, what you believe, that's what I'm going to build my church off. Do you hear me? That's what the church is built off of. The capital R-O-C-K is what you believe. And that's what the spirit of God opens up our minds. These 3,000 men over here in the book of Acts, when Peter begins to explain, go back to the book of Acts again, Acts chapter 2. When he begins to explain by the Holy Spirit, because that's what's, that's what's going to happen in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So Peter preaches that sermon. He starts his sermon off talking about what was happening over here when they came out the upper room. Okay? They are prophesying. Or, how do we hear the wonderful works of God? You guys make it back over there? Verse 22 of Acts chapter 2, Peter begins to preach because the power of the Spirit of God is on him. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord of God is upon me, and the Lord has anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel. Did he not say that? Is that, is that what is read? It's, he's quoting the book of Isaiah, is he not? Who, who, wants, who wants to look that one up? Who's got their phone on them? Just look up, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to what? To preach. Somebody look that up and tell us what scripture that is. Because we're going to do everything according to scripture. Amen? Amen. Verse 22 of Acts chapter 2, it says, when you, when you get that scripture, let me know. It says, you men of Israel, hear these words. Peter begins to preach. If you know, want to know what it is to be a witness or to be a preacher, this is what you are doing. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. You have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death. Because it is not possible that he should be holding of it. For David speaks this and he starts to quote a scripture concerning him. I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is my uh, on my right hand and that I should not be moved. Therefore, did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope because thou will not leave my soul in hell. 
neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. For you have made known to me the ways of life. You shall make me full of joy with thy countenance. Me and my brethren, let me freely speak. And unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus has God raised up whereof we all are witnesses. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Say that one more time. I'm sorry. Isaiah, you mean? Corinthians, it's in Isaiah. Okay. We want to look up the scriptures. Therefore, verse 33 says, Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith unto him, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit down on my right hand um, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know it surely that God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The gift is the Holy Ghost. You're going to get the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Okay? And with many words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. All right? So when the Spirit of God came upon Christ, Christ said, The Lord has anointed me to what? Okay. Preach. That's Isaiah 61. <laughs> so let's go to Isaiah, what, 61? Isaiah chapter 61, verse what, Corinthians? Yeah. So Jesus, when you read it in the, in the Gospels, he finds the place in the scripture and he says, today this scripture has what? Been fulfilled, right? Yeah. The same thing that is happening to our Lord and Savior when the Spirit of God came upon him is the same thing that's going to be happening to you and I when the Spirit of God has come upon us, all right? It's the same Spirit. It's not a different Spirit. That's why it says if, if, if the same Spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you, okay, we're going to rise up too. So Isaiah 61 Jesus says this himself, and you can go to the Gospels on your phone. You can look up and it'll tell you where he said that in the Gospels. It says here, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to, to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. 
okay, and to point unto them that mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build up the old wastes. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dresses. Okay? But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall you boast yourselves. All right? When the spirit of the Lord comes upon you in your life, he gives you the power to be witnesses. You hear me? For you to proclaim with all of assurity who Jesus is. All right. And when you begin to speak, when you begin to proclaim this thing. All right. Luke 24, verse 34. Or 36. Or 44, I'm sorry, instead of 34, it's 44. Anybody make it there? The road to Emmaus is so important to me in my life, I think it should be in every other believer's life. Uh, 24, 44. And this is what it says, and he said to them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. So right here, Jesus is opening up their minds so that they can understand the scriptures, which he claims are the first five books, all the prophets and the Psalms. That's what he says. And said to them, thus it was written and behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But wait here in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high to be what witnesses? To be witnesses. To be Witnesses, and you saw Peter preach the gospel that brought forth what? Repentance and remission of sins, and 3,000 men were saved that day. All right? I would say this. If I was the lawyer in the courtroom right now, this is what, this is what my stance would be. I'd be talking this to the jurors right now. Using these men of God as my own witnesses, Peter, can you take the stand? Jesus, can you take the stand for me, please? Isaiah, can you take the stand? Joel, can you take the stand for me, please? And using these brothers and sisters and whatnot to give understanding of what the scriptures are, now Psalms 51. Because everybody keeps thinking that it's all about speaking in tongues. And I'm here to tell you that you need to be prophesying. When the spirit of God comes upon you, like I said, with Jesus, you shall be what? Witnesses. It also talks about when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, he says, the Lord has anointed me what? To preach, to proclaim the good news of the gospel. 
David talks here in Psalms 51 because the spirit of God has always been here. It was in the beginning. In the beginning, let us make man in our image and our likeness. And nobody was speaking in tongues back here. All right. Since we're talking, you know, since Peter brought up David, I now call David to the stand. David, Psalm 51 is one of those Psalms where David just said, I messed up. It's a Psalm that all of us can relate to because the scripture says all have sinned and come short of glorifying God. Amen. Amen. The wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So in Psalms 51, David, what did you have to say about the Holy Spirit? Okay, David, speaking to the mic, please, <laughs> so all could hear in this courtroom. He says here, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you might as be justified. We talked about that in Sunday school, right? Even God needs to be justified when you speak and be clear when you judge. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part. You shall make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop. And I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I'm telling you, first, the Passover has to come before the Feast of Weeks. And all he is talking about here is forgiveness of sins and that God would wash him. And that he would be brand new. Then verse 11 hits. Cast me not away from thy presence. That's what Moses said. Let your presence go with me. What is the presence of God? Nothing but the Holy Spirit. When you and I are like, Lord, don't let your presence leave me. It's the spirit of God that's living inside of you and I. So when we hear the word of God, it testifies to us that that is God. He says, my sheep hear my voice. They know what I sound like. And then this great testimony from David, he says, take not your Holy Spirit from me. And I'm telling you that David didn't live at the same time Peter, James, and John did. But David prophesied according to the Messiah, did he not? He prophesied in the Psalms. That's what, that's what uh, the writer is talking about, where David wrote some things. And prophesied about the future, what was going to happen. David did. That's what happened in Acts chapter 2. And David is literally telling you and I and everybody else on the planet, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. So some of y'all may feel like you don't have the Holy Spirit because you're not speaking in tongues. But we're going to go a little bit farther into this thing. All right. When the Spirit of God comes upon you. He says, your sons and daughters shall prophesy because every 
person who the Spirit of God has come upon begins to speak. Jesus said when the Spirit of God came upon him, he began to preach. Other people began to prophesy. Amen? Paul starts to talk about when the Spirit of God comes into your life, there's gift, different gifts or different things that are going to happen, but it's the same Spirit using a hundred people, a thousand people, a million people as one hand, as one body. Some will be the mouth, some will be the ears, some will be the arms, some will be the hands, some will be the feet, some will be the legs, amen? But it's all the same spirit working together in unity for the purpose that God has brought us all together, that you be what laborers. He would send us out into the vineyard where the, he said the fields are already white. And we come together as brothers and sisters to stop all this confusion because God is not the author of confusion. And we read the scriptures for what they are. That we'll stop being worried about if we speak in tongues. But the power of God will come upon our life and we'll begin to be witnesses. We'll preach. We'll proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And like David said back here. The Holy Spirit was moving back here on men and women. And David tells you right here, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Jesus talks about in the book of Revelation, he said, I'll snatch your candlestick up and I'll move it out of its place. We can't afford that to happen. We got Genesis to Malachi where nobody is speaking in tongues. Peter said, let's go to Second Peter chapter 1. Because people keep thinking that the Holy Spirit was only Acts chapter 2. But that is a lie. Amen? Amen? The Spirit of God has always been here from the beginning when God said, let us make man. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's called the Holy Spirit. It's God's Spirit. In Second Peter, verse 19, this is just what I believe. I don't know if anybody else is preaching this gospel or not, but this is just the gospel according to Mark. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with it. 2021, baby, it's real. You know it's real. It's your boy. <laughs> it's your boy you know what I'm saying and we got to do things with facts there's 1st Peter and 2nd Peter after Hebrews after the book of Hebrews you'll start seeing you run to Peter and 2nd Peter alright but in chapter 1 Peter I called Peter to the stand right now again to reiterate some more in verse 19 he says we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Because they say that your sons and daughters shall what? Prophesy? Mm -hmm. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. 
Nobody should stand up here and say anything to you without backing it up with scripture. There's a man, like I told you, what got this going in my heart is there's a gentleman that's standing at my job, confused, because the only evidence of the spirit of God, according to him and the church that he goes to, is that you have to speak in tongues. But Peter says here out of his own mouth, holy men of God, spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. In the same way that you and I will speak to when the Holy Ghost is operating in our life. Do you hear me? Do you hear what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit, and none of us can say that Jesus is fake. None of us can say that he's not real. John P. Key said, Jesus is real. I know the Lord is real to me because you cannot say that he's not real. You will say that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. Or you're saying that God uh, needed a body. So he came and placed himself in a young lady named Mary. All right. And it caused her to have a baby. And who was inside that flesh? is our God. That's why the demons are crying. I know who you are. They could see the spirit realm and you and I can't. But they saw God, Emmanuel, in the flesh. You hear me? Y'all heard? And I'm going to stop it right there, but we need to go a little bit further next week, Lord willing. Sometimes he might change it up and switch it up, but it ain't nothing wrong with it. Because the spirit of God knows what to preach. He knows what to teach. He knows what to do. Sometimes you got to come back again and preach something for a little while. Sometimes you might preach it one time, never preach it again. But the spirit of God knows what to do. But please don't leave out of here thinking that the only evidence of the Holy Spirit is you speaking in tongues. That's not it. The simple fact that you believe in your heart that Jesus is real. And you testify that to somebody else. You say, I, I, all I know is Jesus is real. How do you know Jesus is real? It's in my heart. I can't deny, I can't deny my father, my mother, none of my sisters or brothers. And I know, like people say, I swear on my kids, you ain't going to deny your kid. You hear me? It's real like that. That's what the spirit of God does. It confirms who Jesus is and, and that's it. I rest my case for today and I'm going to let the defense go ahead and do what they do because I'm charging them up. You hear me? That the devil is a liar and he comes not but to steal, to kill and destroy. But God has come that we might have life and life more abundantly. So today we're just talking about uh, the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Listen, once you get saved, the opportunity as many as received to them, he's given the opportunity to be sons and daughters because he's going to give you his spirit. And when the spirit of God comes in your life, I'm sorry, man, you are sealed till the day of redemption. There's no way that you are going to get away from the Holy Spirit. This perfect work which God has started in your life. He will complete it even until the day of Jesus. I tried to run. Many of y'all in this room tried to run. Some of us said, I denied my preaching for a long time. Went back on weed and blunts and 40s. But the Spirit of God is greater than anything in this world. And you will.